Most of us in life, I would dare say most all of us, have gone through times when we ask at least ourselves, when will God intervene and do something? You may be going through one of those times right now. Maybe you've just gone through one of those times. Perhaps you have people that are dear to you that they themselves are going through one of those times. I have six people. I mention this from time to time. At the present time, I have six people on my prayer list that I pray for daily that are going through the battle with cancer. They're going through the battle with cancer. Five of the six belong to this, our church, First Baptist. The other is not a member of our church, but I have come to know uh, through their little, uh, not little, but through their journey with what they've been going through with cancer. And every day I pray for these six people. And uh, some of these uh, text me and tell me how they're doing that day so I better know how to pray. Now, I share that for this reason. I've never asked any of the six, but I would think, knowing how long they've dealt with what they're dealing with, and for some of them, the difficulty of what they're dealing with, I would think that they probably have asked, maybe silently, but to themselves, when will God intervene and do something? I, I, I think that'd be a very fair thing to ask. Not, not accusing God of not doing something, but, you know, if you've just gone through something difficult, hard and painful for a long time, and you've prayed and others are praying, you kind of have that thought, well, you know, wh when is God going to send the help that I need? Well, that's a very valid question. We've all from time to time uh, ask that question. And let me suggest to you that one of the best places in the Bible to turn when you have that situation is to turn to the book of Psalms and look in Psalm number 13. So I want you, if you've not opened your Bible, to do so now. Psalm 13, page 486. Now, let me just give you a little quick background of this psalm so it makes better sense. David wrote this psalm, but he wrote this psalm when he was fleeing for fear of his life, uh, probably because of, of Saul, who wanted to kill him because of the jealousy that he had for him. And David really thought Saul and his army were going to actually kill him, and he was fleeing to try to save himself. And when you begin to read the psalm, if you understand that, you'll notice in fact, in these first two verses, you find David asking four times the very same words, how long? Look in verse 1. David said, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? So four times in the first two verses, David asked the very same thing I am sure I would have asked. How long in the world is it going to be until God intervenes and takes care of my situation? These how long times, we all have them. And as long as we live in this life, we're going to have them. Now, these burdens, let me, let me say a couple of things quickly about burdens. We all have burdens from time to time. And one of the things is, is that all burdens are not the same. By that I mean, you may 
be living now with a certain burden. But you need to understand something. Other people, they may not have that burden, or they may, but they may have a completely different burden. Now, if you don't have another person's burden, you don't very much identify with what they're going through because you're focused on what you're going through. In fact, the Bible says that all of us will have various trials. That's over in the book of 1 Peter. And that word various means multicolored. In other words, you're going to have trials they may be different than someone else's trials, but everybody in this life goes through times of trial. Now, second thing I want to say about burdens is, is that no burden is unique to you. Sometimes when we have a burden, we get to thinking, you know, nobody in the world is going through what I'm going through. Well, the Bible, first of all, tells us that that is not true. We all experience the same trials in life, and the Bible teaches us that also in the book of 1 Peter. So, you know, when I'm going through something, sometimes a thought will come to my mind, I don't believe anybody in the world would be going through what I'm going through. Well, not true. Whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, other people are going through that. Now, David had four things that he mentions in this psalm that burdened him, and I want you to look at them. First of all, he had the burden that he really thought perhaps that God had forgotten him. If you look in verse 1, it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Will it be forever? Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like God has forgotten you or not. I hope not. Sometimes, though, I've had that thought go through my mind. Does God even know where I am? Well, sure he does. But, you know, sometimes I'll say, God, if I could just have a little affirmation. Maybe, maybe the prayers are not being answered, but if I could just see a little light at the end of the tunnel. We're all human. And that can really burden you down. It had David burdened down. Number two thing, he, he felt like he had been cut off from God's favor. If you look again, uh, he said, not only how long will you forget me forever, how long will you hide your face from me? Not only that, uh, he experienced great depression in verse number two. He said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? You know, depression is a real deal. Uh, of course, some people... Um, you know, have extreme depression, chronic depression, and that you know, that'd be a sermon unto itself. But I would dare say that it's probably not any of us in this room that have not maybe at some degree or another in life a struggle a little bit with, with depression. And, you know, one of the good things about, about any burden that we have, whether it be that or something else, is that it, God will comfort us and help us in it. And it also enables us to comfort and help other people in what they're going through. Uh, like if you've had like cancer in your family, well, you better understand what people go through that are dealing with cancer themselves or in their family than if you had never been through that journey. And the comfort that you've received when you were going through that God comforts you that you in turn, the Bible says, that you might comfort others. So, and then David felt the humilia humiliation of being on the losing side. If you look in verse 2b, he said, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? So he, these, these things really had David in great perplexity. Now, what he did was the only thing he could do that would be the right thing to do. And you see it in verses 3 and 4, he prayed. Now, I know that sounds like what a preacher is going to say when you're going through, uh, you know, difficult things, wondering how long, uh, wondering when God's going to help, when God's going to answer my prayer, and all these kind of things. 
Well, we just need to understand that uh, the best thing we can do, it could be the only thing really we can do that's tangible, is we can tell God about it. We can, we can pray. And that's what he did in verses, recording verses 3 and 4. He said, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, and light mine eyes, lest I sleep to death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. That's a beautiful prayer. But you know, in that prayer, uh, I call it during one of his how long times, he prayed specifically for two things. He was very honest with God. One of the things he prayed for concerned, it was his concern about his death. He said, consider and hear me and light my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So he just, he, he didn't try to, you know, play hide and go seek with God. He just was honest with God. And then the other thing that his enemies would boast if he was defeated. That's the last part of that prayer. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. And let those who trouble me rejoice when I move. You know, I believe this, specific praying brings specific answers. And the more specific that you and I can be in our praying, especially when we're in one of these how long times, uh, the, the better that prayer is going to uh, come back to be what we want and ask and need God and hope God will do. Now, when you read these last two verses in this psalm, just six little verses in the whole psalm. But when you read the last two verses, it's very obvious that David is perplexed as he was in verse 1 and 2. Thinking God had forgotten him, thinking he had lost God's favor. and Just, in, just really in uh, perplexity and depression. But he prayed. But yet, as you read these last two verses, it's obvious that he believed that help was on the way. He says, I've trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So he believed that God would intervene. Now, here's the deal about that. If, if we'll trust God, he will help. We have his word. He does intervene. Now, it may not be in this life. It well may be in this life. I predict all of us could tell times that we've gone through that we've called to the Lord and we've prayed and, and, and God intervened and God helped in this life. Every one of us had those times. But then at the very same time, I certainly would have to say that there are things that I've prayed for and called to the Lord for and asked God for and believe God can do and yet God has not done them. So, but, but yet I still, deeper than that, have a conviction that God will intervene, if not in this life, God will intervene in the next life. And, and David, obviously, when he began to share his heart in these last two verses that we have, uh, he looked back on his life and saw the many times that God had intervened in his behalf through other difficult things he had been through. That's what he says. He, was, he said, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So bottom line is this, whether God intervenes in this life or maybe it will be the next life, the bottom line is God is a God of his word and he will always intervene and help us in his way and his time according to his will. 
whether it be in this life, the next life, doesn't shake our faith one bit. And one glorious day, here, here's the good thing, one glorious day, whatever we go through in this life, uh, we're going to join the heavenly choir and we're going to sing. If you remember, a little title I had today was From a Sigh to a Song. That would really be one title of this chapter. When you start out, David is sighing. Don't sometimes we all sigh? But if you keep your, if you keep your belief in God and believe that his promises are rock solid, whether you see them now or experience them later, one day all of us, our sighs will turn into a song and we'll sing in that heavenly choir. And I, I was reading Revelation chapter 5 just yesterday. When we get to heaven, we'll all join all those who are in heaven and in Revelation chapter 5, about verses 7, 8, 9, 10, it tells how we will all be singing. Now, for a preacher, it's disappointing. There'll be no preaching in heaven. <laughs> so he said, what are you going to do up there? Well, I'm going to join the heavenly choir. Jimmy won't let me in his choir here, but I'm going to get in the choir there. And you say, well, what are you going to sing? Well, I'm going to sing the same thing in heaven that every one of you is going to sing in heaven. And it's a beautiful thing. Blessings and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's, I love that. That verse talks about God the Father and God the Son. So we're going to be with all the other saints in heaven singing blessings and glory and power to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday as I was thinking about all the things going on, uh, and then as it kind of relates to where we are today, I thought about Beth Morgan and John Phelps. Now, Beth Morgan belonged to Sagemont Church, all right? John Phelps belonged to South Avenue Church, okay? So they didn't belong to the same church. And, uh, but now think about this. Uh, I don't know. I don't think John Phelps sang in a choir. I don't know. And I don't know if Beth sang in a choir. I don't know that either. I just know they belong to different churches. But now here's what we do know. Today, they're in the same church. And they're in the same choir. Now, John may say, I'm not in a choir. I can't sing. Now, I don't know what Beth would say. Well, I have news. Today, John is singing. And Beth is singing. And they're singing with all the others there in heaven. You say, Pastor, what are they singing? They're singing blessings and glory and power to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know? You know, we get in this life and we, we all have things. We all, I mean, we do. And that's, I mean, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. So, you know, it's not a pessimistic view. It's just, it's reality. We live in a fallen world. Need I spend any time on that? Gracious, all you got to do is turn TV on. Five seconds, turn it back off. You figure out real quick, if you didn't already have it figured out, we live in an evil, fallen world. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's evil. So in an evil, evil fallen world, filled with imperfect people, you say, you mean those beside us? No, us, all of us. We're all imperfect. You know, I say to Dottie often when I mess up, she said, so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And I said, remember, I'm not a perfect person. 
She said, you don't need to remind me of that. <laughs> well, she says other things, but I shall not say what they are at the moment. But seriously, we're all imperfect people. We live in an imperfect world. Uh, we, we're just going to have things happen. But here's, you know, there's a better day coming. I mean, there is life beyond this life. And one day, we're going to be with Beth and John and my parents and Dottie's parents and Dottie's brother and so many other loved ones that have preceded me. Hey, same for you. And what are we going to be doing up there? Well, I'll tell you what we won't be doing. We won't be talking about all the burdens we had down here. No, we're going to be singing in that heavenly choir, blessings and glory and power and strength to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And Father God, I, I need to be reminded because I live too in a real world and I deal with real things. We all do. And sometimes burdens can just be seemingly overbearing, overwhelming. And it just, we, we just, we kind of get in the shape David was in. We begin to think, I, God's forgotten me. God's turned his face on me. I've lost God's favor. Well, none of that's true. We may feel that way. David felt that way, God, but it wasn't true. And yet, God, if we will get our eyes off of all that just for enough time to talk to you and be honest with you and be specific about what we're struggling with, then, God, there's just something unbelievable that happens. It happened to David. We'll go from a sigh to a song, and we'll wind up saying, this is not my first burden. This is not my first hard thing. And back yonder, God intervened and God helped. And it just, it makes us like David where we too will say, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. God, I pray today, I, I don't know everybody's rooms, what they're going through, but you do. And God, maybe some today are just burdened out about some things, unusually so. And I pray today, God, that they would do just what we've looked in the Bible. They'd just tell you, be honest with you, be specific with you about what it might be and what it is, at least what they feel it is. And then, God, I pray the Holy Spirit will help them do what David did, look back and see the time and time and time and many times where you did intervene and you did do and help. And God, whether it be in this life or the next, I thank you. It's coming. Now, bless us today. Help us be a blessing to everyone that we encounter. Give us safety in our going. In Jesus' name, amen.